This is part two of the Cafe American podcast. I wanted, and this is your host, Chris Michaels, of course. Now, I wanted to usually talk about politics. I was going to bring up about all sorts of things about um, Rosenstein, the Fink, uh, and how he was denying everybody access to uh, documents that everyone in Congress should have access to, but he is on the side of the icky people. But I'm not going to get into that tonight. I decided to go in a completely different direction. And that direction was uh, started off with my hike in uh, Sedona, and we were discussing how uh, maybe, maybe the rocks that we see in Sedona and in other places on the planet aren't in fact created due to natural erosion. It could be uh, because they were created from an ancient civilization that was actually mining or potentially creating buildings. And what we're looking at is remnants of buildings. Um, and also we spoke about giants. And there are references to giants in the Bible and also within mythologies across the planet. Uh, there, there's actually one urban myth right now, which probably is not so much of an urban myth as it is reality, but just leaked. Uh, there is a story that you can find online where a whole bunch of American special ops people and contractors ran across a enormous red-headed giant in Afghanistan. And it took all sorts of firepower to bring this thing down. And it, they loaded it up onto a cargo plane and off it went into somewhere where nobody knows where it is anymore. Uh, if you look at ancient Japanese mythology, the original human beings that were on the Japanese islands were, in fact, red-headed giants, just like they were in Ireland, and just like there were giants all across the Americas. You can look at them at the mound builders, uh, the mound builders being these ancient uh, these ancient sculptures all across the American landscape, particularly within the Mississippi River area and Ohio and uh, Iowa, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the, and you have these enormous mounds, and then they, they make shapes of animals, and they make shapes of hills and things like that. And inside, usually, uh, at least if you're to believe everything from the 1890s and 1910s, uh, you will find bodies of enormous, enormous people. Uh, so the what we were talking about is my uh, time when I went to Sedona, which was recently. And when I was walking through this creek, which is you, you walk through a canyon, these enormous rocks that you see way above you, way, way above you, and it, they, they look like they were sheared off. It doesn't look like it was natural erosion. It looks like they were sheared off. Somebody took a device and swoop, cut it right off. When you're in the canyon or the creek, as some would call it, uh, it looks as though there were two drilling devices on either side of the creek going in opposite directions. And I described it in the prior podcast as if you were taking both of your arms outstretching them and then moving them in opposite directions in circular opposite directions and what happens is you get the rocks and they take the form of this kind of drilling it looks as though someone took two big drill bits and was moving these drill bits in opposite directions boring through whatever terrain this was in hundreds of thousands of years ago uh, and we also brought up how in, in Ecuador, they put in their museum a skeleton of a giant that they had found. 
and it's, it's seven to eight feet tall. So this is a giant. Now, if we go, and this is a fascinating thing, and more and more items like this, these apocryphal items are coming to light throughout the world. One person that I saw recently, his name is Michael Tellinger, and he is a guy from South Africa. He does amazing work, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, and he, he found all sorts of ruins throughout South Africa, all the way up through, uh, I think, Zambia, and um, I think all the way up the coast. There were a couple of countries he got into. He does an amazing presentation on YouTube. And I think the presentation that I went to is, in fact, going to be on YouTube. So you can potentially see my darling face up there as I talk to him. And I showed him a couple of pictures of the items that I found across Arizona. And he said, you're definitely on to something. You're, you're, de you're, you're definitely on the right track. So there, there, a lot of that we'll talk about. Now, I wanted to, like I said before, Arizona is an effing desert, and God almighty, I am sick and tired of being here in the fucking heat. But there are a lot of antediluvian artifacts in the desert that can easily be observed. The most, the, the most readily seen is there are these rings of rocks. And right outside of Phoenix, one of the major highways in Phoenix, Arizona, you can go right off and go to a park and you go hiking around and you will find these mounds of boulders, these boulders that fit perfectly together. And they're just there all across the landscape. I went to uh, Sedona a year ago. I found a rock with an enormous handprint in it. And I will put the picture up on Instagram so you can follow it there. And, and you'll see my hand is right next to the hand that's imprinted into this boulder. And it's covered in lichen. So it hasn't moved. It hasn't been touched in a very, very long time. So what, my, what I'm saying is the whole idea of a race of giants on the planet Earth is in fact true. And you'll never hear about it from an official source because anything that validates mythology, anything that validates the Bible is immediately covered up and locked away because they don't want you to realize that the Bible, certain parts of it, may be true. They don't want you as a human being to realize that you are significant you're not you're not some sort of random act of evolution you are significant there is an inner power within you from a higher source that allows you to function on this plane what you choose to do on this plane is a completely different story and that is why earth is so significant because earth allows for free will so, going back to the giants, there's one mention of these giants in the Bible, in Genesis, and it says, In those days, giants roamed the earth. And this is right before the flood of Noah that everybody knows about. However, the idea of giants goes back millennia. It, it, 
hundreds of thousands of years. If you go to the Babylonian texts, you realize that there are enormous beings, and you can find these artifacts that uh, from Babylon and Sumeria, of, and you see, you see the beings. They're enormous compared to a human. Now, the, what most archaeologists and anthropologists claim, well, the, these kings were very, very important, so the artists made the kings larger than life. No, wrong. These people were, in fact, existing, and they were giants. They came down to earth to mine gold, and I'm paraphrasing all of this. You can read a lot of this in uh, the summer. You can read a lot of this in Zachariah Sitchin's book, but you don't want to fucking do that because you'll fall asleep after the third page. Uh, Michael Tellinger in his book, Slave Species of God, or Gods, depending upon what, uh, what edition you have, he does an excellent summary at the end of that book. So I recommend that you buy that book and read the summary at the end first. I mean, the whole book is fantastic, but the summary at the end is the where to go. Essentially what happens is there is a planet in the solar system uh, that orbits the solar system or has a, a very, very elongated elliptical orbit in the solar system where all the planets are sort of orbiting on the same plane. Uh, this planet orbits on a diagonal plane, and it only comes within our planet's reach every 3,000 years or so. So this also coincides with the changes of the zodiac, as you all know, or some of you may know, the pole, uh, the North Pole in particular, they, uh, the poles point to certain stars every night and every season. You know, the, the Earth's axis is always pointing to a certain star, but every two to 3,000 years, that changes. It's all referenced in the Bible and how uh, Jesus, one reference in particular of how the, the, the pole, and this, this has to do with pole shifts and what's going on today. Because, you know, it's global warming and it's man-made global warming. Well, yeah, of course, the pollution that man puts out there is going to be significant. However, it, most of this is a galactic energetic event. It's a galactic event because it is a pole shift that is occurring. All of the planets in our solar system, they're all experiencing the same thing. They're all going through pole shifts. Even the sun, the sun has gone through its pole shift. So my argument, as far as global warming is concerned, yes, human beings are partly responsible because they're shitheads and they don't, they don't think with nature involved with them. But it is a pole shift that is causing all of these earthquakes, all of these volcanoes to erupt, and all of these climates to change. Not so long ago, there was an article about penguins. Penguins that are normally seen in Antarctica are now being found in the Arctic. That's the wrong fucking pole. How come that isn't an enormous story? Don't tell me that that's man-made global warming right there. No, no. Their migratory patterns rely on magnetic lines across the Earth. The magnetic lines are switched so these penguins that are normally found off of Argentina and in other islands off of Antarctica are now found in Greenland. It's because their migratory patterns are screwed up. It's because the ley lines, the magnetic lines across the planet, they have been screwed up. And that also explains 
why whales have been beaching themselves, while certain fish have been beaching themselves, why you see all of these birds, you've seen articles, flocks of birds, all of a sudden they, they just drop dead, and there are just thousands of them in the, in, in, on, the, on the land. So what I'm saying is, is that there's an enormous energetic shift that is going on right now, and we are just witnesses to it. We have to be aware of it. All right, so <laughs> I think this started off with giants. Anyway, uh, this planet, Nibiru, was orbiting the solar system, and still is, at a very, very large, elongated, elliptical orbit, where the galactic plane uh, with Earth, Venus, Mars, Mercury, etc., so on and so forth, there, it's at a relatively the same, the same level, except this planet, Nibiru, according to Babylonian mythology, is on a diagonal angle. So this planet only really comes into the solar system every 3,000 years or so. This is proven with Pluto. Pluto is somehow uh, being pulled in another direction. It's, always, it's never really here in the solar system. It's sort of like being tugged at. And well, the, the reason why this is being tugged at is because Nibiru is coming back into the solar system. And like I said, the Earth points at different stars across the millennia. Every two to 3,000 years, it shifts over to different stars. And we are in the process of having that happen. So many, many millennia ago, this planet Nibiru was having supposedly was having a problem and they needed to go into the solar system ours and find guess what gold for some reason gold was pivotal to the survival of their planet so they came across all of the solar system and decided to mine these planets for gold and oddly enough their way station supposedly was mars and then they found earth there was a whole big thing that went on between the families in there. Now, what happened was the people on Earth, the, the, these beings on Earth, decided, hey, guess what? It is fucking hot here. We need to create a slave species that does the work for us. And the head of the planet Nibiru said, you know what? Good idea. They created a slave species. They did it once, they did it twice, they did it thrice, and then they finally found the perfect slave species. The name, according to Babylonian mythology, of the first successful human being. Do you know the name of this person? The name of this person, according to Babylonian myth, was Adamu, spelled A-D-A-M-U. Now, where, where have I seen that name? Oh, right. Adam from Adam and Eve. Exactly. So they decided to breed more and more. And there's a lot more to this story, but I'm paraphrasing. They decided to breed more and more humans, do the work. They do the work in the, in the mines. They mine things up and they get the gold. And all of a sudden, the people on Mars say, holy shit. We've been busting our hump up here like a bunch of jackasses and knuckle-dragging morons. And, and, and those poofs on Earth, they've got a whole species of, of, of beings that allow them to just sit back, relax, sip on mint juleps and cocktails while these guys mine for the gold. Fuck that. So this is a pivotal moment. So the mining operations on Mars cease. What happens? The people on Mars, the beings from the Biru, decide to go to Earth. 
And guess what happens? They start mating with the human beings. The human beings that were created with the settlers on Earth from the Bureau already. Now, this is pivotal because now you find out where fallen angels come from in the Bible. You find out where these beings have descended upon Earth and have decided to mate with human beings to create what? A species of giants, according to the Bible. This is amazing stuff. It's, it's all there. It's all right in front of you, but you're not allowed to connect the dots. You're only given certain bits of information, thanks to King James. This is where we're going to go next. And the ending of the second part of our magnanimous journey into mythology, giants, and terrain of the American Southwest. I'm Chris Michaels for the Cafe American Podcast.